This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your thoughts on uh, tomorrow night? Obviously, it's a successful uh, road trip. I love love myself some Sebastian Ajo. I just think he's a a great all-around player that... If he played in a major market, I think uh, his name would be more notable. Um, they're they're just one of those teams that just quietly coming off last year, just doing their thing. And they are a team. If you want to be a hockey nerd when you're watching this game, this I do. I will be, and I will be the one watching this game. Uh, Carolina is a team that. They get after you on the forecheck harder than any team in the NHL. I talked to, uh, I've always been, one of the things I've always been curious of, because I'd love to see the data on it. So I, I often have this conversation with players and goalie, with defensemen and goalies. I'm always curious of how much goalie puck handling uh, disrupts a forecheck and everything like that. And I always talk to, and every time, I often have this conversation with defensemen around the league and goalies around the league of like, Breaking down an opposing forecheck, what's it like? How does it matter? But every single time, it always comes back to the point of, well, some teams are harder. Some teams are, some teams do this, some teams do that. And then there's Carolina, because Carolina basically comes at you like a like a missile. They basically they come at you like a missile every single time. F one is in hard. F two is in hard. They forecheck harder than any team in the league. They get the puck, they go through the zone. They don't really play with possession. They go through, they, they dump it in, and then they just come at you and they just try to run you through the boards. They do it harder than any team in the league, and everyone knows it. And it's a team that, Gavin, I'm going to tee you up for this right here. Yeah. This is where your defensemen get hit. This is where your defensemen Ooh, start to be. My kind of game. To, start to go into the quarters and everything like that. And so it's Carolina plays with speed that way. And the way they forecheck and the way they come at you, this is going to be one of those games that's going to – the Miro Heishkinens of the world are going to be are going to are going to read pressure well. Um, Jake Ottinger is going to have to handle the puck well. This is the game where I'm sure Rod Brendamore walks into the room and circles Ryan Sooner, Ryan Suter's name, and circles Colin Miller's name. It's like that's where we're dumping the puck. We're going after those guys. That's what I'm going to be watching in this game. Watch how Carolina attacks on their dump-ins, which defensemen they target, and watch how the Stars handle it. It's going to be a big game for Jake Ottinger as a puck handler because the communication there and making it easier for defensemen. You need that against Carolina to, to have success. And if stars fans remember during the off season, there was some chatter about Brent Burns uh, because he does have a, a Texas ranch, but he ended up going to uh, Carolina and he's having uh, a good year, four goals, 16 assists, 20 points. Um, Shvetsnikov is a terrific Sebastian Ajo. Tell me about number 88, a young man named Martin Nikas. Yeah, he's someone he's he's got a heck of a shot. He's someone who I remember looking at uh he was he was someone who kind of he wasn't gonna be in that top three range when Dallas drafted in 2017, but yep. he was he's another guy from that 2017 yep, draft. 12th pick. Yep. That 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 uh that I kind of remember looking at just wondering uh where he could go and everything like that. And he's a guy who kind of he always had that shot, 
Um, and it was always going to be for him a case of figuring out the the way to uh, really develop it and and kind of take the next step to to get more. And like he had uh, what he's doing, what he's shooting, he's shooting more this year, which is great. Like I'm looking at it right now. I just pulled up his stat line. He's got 93 shots already this year through 29 games. He had 159 wow. last year. Uh, he's got he's got he's got he had 80 in two in 2019 20 and he had 88 shots in 64 games. He's got he's basically at a spot where he's kind of doubling his shot output or or whatever. And he's converting at a he's converting at a similar rate than he has, and he's just shooting more. He's figuring out ways to get that shot off more often. And it's basically we're seeing the evolution of a player who uh, you and I have talked about how you learn the league and the league learns you. And he is going through, he's taking that step in his career right now where he's learned that the league understands where he's going to be. And he's adding elements to his game to create more shots, a little bit more movement here and there, changing the blade angle a little bit, things like that, that you're seeing with him where it's just kind of, He's doing the things that turn you in from a flash in the pan, hot goal scorer in your early 20s to a guy like Joe Pavelski 15 years later who keeps adding elements. That's what Martin Neckes, uh, Nietzsche is. Neckes or Nietzsche's? I'm not sure. That's We'll have to – I apologize. Just remember Martin. the back of the uh, sweater, N-E-C-A-S. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, but he's he's a guy to watch, and he, he's got a heck of a shot, and he's just getting it off more and more and more. And in dangerous spots too. And he's also playing more too. Like he's elevated. Like I think he's averaging close to 20 minutes a night. So, you know, but for about a third of the game, you're going to see him. Where do you see Rob Brindmore as, as far as like top coaches in the NHL? I think he, um, without going and making a rank list, I have, I, I would put him at top 10. I would put him yeah. as top 10 coach in the NHL. Um, I'd have to go to, to narrow that down. I'd have to go through and this would be a longer exercise, but I look at him as a top 10 coach in that in the league. He's a, he's a coach who I think um, there is the whole hullabaloo about his, uh, about his contract and whether he'd return to Carolina. And he's actually, from my understanding, actually pretty underpaid for what he's done, but kind of the reason for that is he loves Carolina so much and he's got, and he doesn't need spent so much time there that he's kind of been willing to take that hometown discount to stay there. Like if he was, if he wanted to go to the open market when his contract is up, he would have had many, many offers, I believe to choose from. Um, I, I think the thing that's good about what Brendan Moore has done is there's players who were great players who become coaches. A lot of them struggle to find the connection with, uh, find the connection with players just because it's like it's like when 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 Wayne Gretzky coached the Coyotes it's kind of the natural thing of like oh well you're telling guys to do this or be like Wayne Gretzky no one else can be like Wayne Gretzky like a lot of the guys a lot of a lot of the players who become coaches the didn't really have great or notable playing crews they were a lot of the middle guys they were the guys who had to work and find ways to adjust and everything like that and Brendan Moore was a great player but so much of his personality and the way he worked defensively and the way he, his fitness and everything like that. Like, I think he's just so well built to understand and connect with every piece of the roster. 
And that's allowed him just to continue to evolve as a coach and figure out the game management. He's got better at that too. He, he, it's, it's impressive. It's he's, he's a, he's a good coach. And if Carolina is a, I would, I would say like, as he continues to do what he's done in Carolina, as long as if he ever wises up to the fact he could get a lot more on the open market, he'll be in Carolina for a long time. You know, one other little tidbit for tomorrow night that a lot of stars fans and fans of hockey might not know here in Dallas, Fort Worth is that the owner of the Carolina hurricanes, Tom Dundon, uh, 48 years old, uh, attended SMU and was born and raised here in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth and uh, did an amazing job in uh, business and, uh, had a big doing as far as the evolution of Top Golf, and uh, you know, owns the Carolina Hurricanes at least the uh, majority stake, and has gone in, wants to keep the team in Raleigh, and wants to make stadium improvements, and wants to make it fun to the fans. We had him in studio a few years back, and he he kind of wishes the timing would have been different because he would have been the owner of the Dallas Stars. So I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, little tidbit for tomorrow night as well. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's still, I believe, he still lives in Dallas. He actually, yep. he it was. I think it was last year or the, I think it was last spring. He ended up actually buying out the final remainder of that uh, stake. So I believe he's at a hundred percent ownership now. And he's, uh, he's an interesting. Uh, he comes from a little bit of the, the Mark being for Dallas guy. He comes from a little bit of the Mark Cuban Jerry Jones school of ownership, where he's not. Uh, <laughs> He's a little bit, uh, a little bit out there. His ideas sometimes yep. don't really mesh well with all of his peers, and uh, it's it's he's he's an interesting character and uh, someone who I know I've talked to I've talked to a couple a couple times about his views on the game and everything like that. And he's someone who uh, he's far from the traditionalist. He's someone who once told me he'd be willing to have the jerseys look like NASCAR jerseys because he's a uh, he looks at he looks at revenue that way, and so definitely, uh, definitely someone with those Dallas ties. And depending on your view on traditionalism, on whether you want them owning your team or not, is up to you. Yeah, it was a big controversy. I would say about three or four years ago, when back when Don Cherry was on Hockey Night in Canada, and he went off on the Carolina Hurricanes doing bits after the game, where at Center Ice, where they'd have celebrities and. And basically the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, that night made a T-shirt and it sold out the next day. So, uh, I I mean, I think the reality is, I don't know how you feel, Sean. It's Raleigh, North Carolina. You have to do these things. You have to entertain the fans. Um, And I think they've done a a nice job as far as like saying, like, we're going to keep the team here. And, you know, that's that's the story. And I also kudos to them. I mean, I'm partial. They brought back the uh, Hartford Whalers uniforms, and I always like that. Yeah, I like I. Uh, the one thing I, I wish that they would do on the Hartford front is, uh, I I I really respect that the Stars kept the North Stars jerseys retired in Dallas. There's Hartford numbers that when the team moved, those numbers got unretired. Agree. That would be my one. Yeah. That would be my one tweak. There are some Hartford numbers that. So it's kind of weird because like when they wore those Hartford Whalers jerseys, there's some numbers that were retired at Hartford that are showing up again on Hartford Whalers jerseys when the Hurricanes wear them. And those for me are the, that's, that would be my one tweak on the, uh, on the kind of the, the Whalers uh, history space. But yeah, it's the Whalers logo. Like, let's just take a second and just acknowledge how uh, perfectly designed that was with yeah. the, the negatives, the negative space for the lettering and everything like that. Like, I mean, it's, 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> so such a good, such a good goal song too. I don't know, if, I don't know if we're allowed to play Brass Bonanza, but oh yeah, drop, there you go. We should, we should drop Brass Bonanza in as a, as an outro. I don't know if that's allowed. But. <laughs> <laughs> Former Stars coach Dave Tippett was a big part of those Hartford Whalers uh, teams. Yeah. Also, a quick uh, side story. So we were out at spring training a few years back and. I was with the KNC Masterpiece, Corey and Kevin. And at the Arizona-Dallas game that we went to, I saw a Hartford Whalers jersey, and I'm like, wow, that's cool. Later that night, we're at an establishment, a bar, and I was like, oh, I saw that guy at the game, and he was wearing a Hartford Whalers sweater. And then two more guys come in wearing Hartford Whalers sweaters. Sean, I'm not kidding. There were 25 people that showed up wearing Hartford Whalers sweaters. I'm like, I need to know the backstory of this. (laughs) So I walked up to the table, including the person that lost a bet and had to hold the foam finger of the Hartford Whalers up all night long. So even when he went to the restroom, he had to to have it up. So I asked, and they're a group from Canada that just pick a random city every single year and go watch hockey and play golf with a lot of drinking. And they just pick a sweater every year and they wear that sweater. And this was the year of Hartford. So they all bought Hartford Whaler sweaters. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. It was it truly I, yeah. is amazing. Uh, that's I, awesome. I, I have a, uh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know because I have a Hartford Whaler sweatshirt. So yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's great. I have a Quebec Nordiques uh, sweater as well. You know, I love the, I love the throwback. I love the, one of the, I have a, one of my kind of, uh, Habits will be sometimes because I, I like collecting. I, I like minor league baseball hats, but typically kind of the uh, the ones where like it'll be a little bit off. Like it'll be like, oh, they're doing like this this specialty night or yeah. whatever. And every single year, the uh, Hartford Yard, the, the Hartford Yard Goats and the AAA team there, they do Whalers Night, right? And so I a couple of years back, they did uh, on the Whalers like reunion night. They did the one where it's got the they did the hat in. Uh, in whalers colors and instead of the bat the bat the the goat is wearing the uh is holding is holding the ba- the hockey stick instead and so i've got that in the uh that's on my hat rack here that i that occasionally makes its way out so it's uh it's it's kind of uh obviously you never want to you never want to see a market lose a team so it's yeah. at least it's but it's it's kind of nice to see that it lives on in 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 a way and in, in, in that it can and everything so you think that the stars should keep North Stars retired? I think the stars should still have the North Stars numbers retired. Okay. I also think that I don't think it needs to be every single banner, but I think the stars are doing a disservice to local hockey history. When you walk into the arena, you see the numbers that are retired from like you see Bill Masterton's number yep. and you can look up and someone can ask about 19 and you can tell the story. Yep. The Stars have completely erased any achievements from the North Stars days. I feel like there should be one banner up. You don't have to even make a ceremony about it. There should be one banner up that has the Minnesota North Stars logo on it 
and it lists just the North Star's achievements. Because literally, the Stars went, the, this franchise went to the Stanley Cup final in 1981 and 1991. And there's no banner for it. There's no history for it. Mike yeah. Madonna was part of that 1991 team. And I mean, the reason that banner's not up is the very, like, to is basically the ownership moved the team from Minnesota to Dallas and basically wanted to give a middle finger back to Minnesota. That's why there's no banner. And that's why they did everything to try to basically not do that. But I, I think from a hockey history standpoint, from a spot where like, and that's what banners are to me, like banners are supposed to be hockey history where you're supposed to be at the game. It's so there's a lull in the play. There's a break and you look up and you look at a number or you see a year and you're like, Hey, you remember when, or, you're with a new fan and they look up and say, Oh, what happened in, 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 in what happened in, in 99? And like, that's what banners are supposed to be for me. And I think you're missing a part of hockey history that you could share by just having one banner up there, North stars, logo, two time, uh, Stanley cup finalists, 81, 91, just real simple in the, like just alongside the banners. I, I think there's kind of a, a history there that can be acknowledged and also, if you did that, we'd have more of an argument to ask the Minnesota Wild to stop doing that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah that that did not make us stars. Um, that did not make them happy um, mm-hmm. when the North Stars were unveiled in an alumni game. That's no bueno. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, well, you know, a perfect example, Shawnee, is uh, as far as being forgotten is Jamie Ben moving up as far as all time goals in the franchise, and the name Brian Bellows was mentioned. And, I mean, Brian Bellows for his career, uh, almost 1,200 games, uh, 1,022 points. I mean, an amazing career, and he basically has no home. Kind of saw this when I lived in Houston as far as the old Houston Oilers because they still lived in Houston. Tennessee was not acknowledging them. The Texans were new and kind of wanted to build their own thing. And, you know, it's kind of a shame because names like Dan Pastorini and Robert Brazil were kind of forgotten. And I think the same thing here. You're right. I mean, there were some amazing names, uh, uh, Bobby Smith, Brian Bellows. Um, you know, it's just, it was a, it was a terrific franchise up there. Yeah. And it's, it's something where it's, you embrace Texas, you embrace the Dallas part of it, but I don't feel like there's, especially now, obviously the Dallas stars are so well established yeah. and everything like that. You're not hurting your brand by playing on the nostalgia. You're not hurting your brand by, by taking um by giving by giving a nod to the history there and i think that's I, I think that's important and i think that's something where you can tell that story and um it's that's why like when i wrote my book 100 things stars fans should know and do before they die i made sure to include the north stars in the history there because it is a history of the game and that's i, I would like to see a little bit more acknowledgement of that by the stars don't take anything away from texas don't take anything away from dallas but just acknowledge it it's just like when you talk about someone's personal history like what you did in the past doesn't take away from what you're doing today but it's yeah. still fun to talk about so well i'm and i know we were in a covert situation but i kind of felt that way with uh the cup team you know craig ludwig mm-hmm. and others really didn't celebrate the 20th anniversary so yeah you know i mean i mean when zuboff's retirement i mean you saw the applause that those guys were getting um you know and we can talk about it in another podcast about mike madonna i'm just I'm sour that, you know, I, I want Mike Madonna to be cheered here. I really feel as though he was a great ambassador for the game and a great ambassador for Dallas-Fort Worth, and I know he works for the Minnesota Wild, but can't we put that behind 
You know, if Dirk's getting a statue, I personally think there should be a Madonna way or a small statue or a tribute around the arena. You know, I really do. Yeah, I I get very, I I think too many times we get, I think it's okay to acknowledge, um, it's okay to acknowledge when a player and a team don't have the, the greatest split or whatever. It's okay to acknowledge it, but I hate when we let that stuff take away from the history or looking at what the player was. Um, like I, I had a, this conversation with someone about like in Detroit, yeah, like up in Detroit, like the fact Sergey Fedorov's number is not retired in Detroit. Wow. goes down to like 91 is not retired in Detroit because the Illich family didn't like how much money he wanted before he left. Like that's why 91 is not retired in Detroit. Like Mike Madonna, number nine is at least retired, right? That's yep. fine. But like number nine, like Madonna there should be a statue of Mike Madonna if there's a statue of Dirk Nowitzki. Like if you're yeah. going to open the if you're going to open the world up to, if you're going to open the space around the arena to statues there should be one of the most influential stars player of all time if you're going to do one for the Mavericks. Yep. And I and it's and Madonna like Madonna's also it's okay to be it's okay for to not have him as part of the organization and still acknowledge what he did. That's the other thing that like, that is always like, it's, that's always funny to me where it's like, Oh, well he's work. Mike's working for Minnesota now. So that, that diminishes, it doesn't diminish anything he did. He's t- Mike Madonna, the player retired. Okay. We acknowledge that. We remember that mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from what Mike Madonna, the player did. Uh, I mean, there should be a statue. I'm sure Dirk would agree with us. We should bring him yeah. up. <laughs> we'll bring Dirk. <laughs> like, like. Well, I, you know, I mean, I asked Craig about it, and he said, don't get me started. So, mm-hmm. you know, his teammates feel the same way. I was really happy that when he came back for um, Zuboff that he did get uh, large applause. So mm-hmm. I, I was glad to uh, glad to hear that. But uh, I'm glad you feel the same way that I do because, you know, yeah. I just think we I mean, quickly forget yeah. number nine and how influential he was. and. Not just, I mean, these guys, when they came to town, they were ambassadors for the sport. I mean, it was a brand new sport. So, um, you know, and they embraced it and they embraced the opportunity. And it was just, you know, it's just just to, you know, move that aside. Just it it, it frustrates me because, I mean, we're not just talking about one of the all-time great Dallas Stars. We're talking about one of the great all-time hockey players. And there should be something at the American Airlines for him. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And that's and that's and, and the other thing, and I've and I'll go with I'll go as I've said multiple times on this, like you don't have to want Mike Madonna working for your team. Because I don't know if I do. Like, I mean the role he has with Minnesota, that's a role that I think you only could really have in Minnesota, but that doesn't change what he did. That doesn't change I mean, if the Vancouver Canucks I mean, don't be the Vancouver Canucks on this, actually. Let's let's go look at it that way, okay? Let's so I don't know if you saw. So the Vancouver Canucks had obviously a bit of a not so friendly split with Roberto Luongo, right? Yep. He had they, um, Luongo. The, the Canucks also they have two. The Canucks retired numbers are weird. Them in Calgary do this really weird, dumb thing where they have retired numbers and they have a ring of honor, but both of them are like acknowledged up in the sky. Okay, so. The Canucks are putting Luongo in their ring of honor, but not retiring number one. It's just such a petty thing. Like, it's an overly petty thing where it's like, well, he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, so we got to find some way to honor him. But 
we're still kind of pissed about how things ended and the contract he signed. So instead of giving him Sedin status here, you're also ran status and you got to be in the corner as opposed to a retired number. Don't be the Canucks on this. Yes. Just, like, <laughs> <sighs> I know. I agree. I agree. And by the way, it sells tickets when you do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been a blast. It, it has. And also on that. Keep going, going man. Keep going. Just put a statue, Mike Madonna hoisting the Stanley cup in the plaza. How many people are taking pictures? of that oh, on a daily basis? So many. Like just, just so, it grows the game, man. Who, it grows who, the game. Who's um, who was the statue of in St. Louis? Who is? Uh, I'll have to look that up. I don't. But the, I mean, I know, I know, Bobby Orr's yeah. outside of uh, of Boston. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the L.A. Kings can give uh, Dustin Brown a statue, Mike Madonna should have a statue. <laughs> that. <laughs> like, that is true. <laughs> yeah, what are they going to do for Kopitar if Dustin Brown gets one? Slightly taller statue? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, you're you're yeah. you are uh, you are absolutely right. I, I will get that answer as far as whose uh, whose yeah. statue is outside of uh, St. Louis. But um, 